0: Welcome back, listeners, to Murder at Land Between the Lakes. We are super excited today to share with you a bit about our trip to Dover, Tennessee. Yes, that is correct. You heard right. Amelia and I were able to take a trip to Dover, Tennessee, and it was really, really a wonderful experience. We received the warmest of welcomes from all the folks that we met in town. Everyone was so helpful and so kind. It was really true town true small-town hospitality. We met with family members, the mayor, and community members that remember the girls. They had information to share about the girls and really what happened on that day. And I tell you, everyone is doing what they can to support the effort to help solve this brutal crime. It truly was an amazing experience, and we're so thankful for everyone who was able to, to help us in scheduling and meeting up with everyone during our trip. And y'all, it's truly, truly a beautiful area with the lakes and the trees and the outdoor recreation areas. We can totally see why President Kennedy wanted to preserve all of this land as a national park. And funny enough, today is President's Day. How ironic is that, Amelia? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. And you know, it even snowed while we were there. So it made our journey even more beautiful to see the snow on the hills and the lakes. And it was really beautiful while we were there. You're right. It was actually an area of Tennessee that neither of us have you know, ever visited. Both of us being from Tennessee, it was really nice to see that area. Our first stop was at the Visitor Center there in Dover, where everyone there was so nice and welcoming as well. We were there to film the Ferrier Files new segment with Dennis Ferrier. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, you can find the video on our Facebook page. Dennis Ferrier has a passion for cold cases and was a pleasure to work with on this piece. You can also check out more of his segments under Ferrier Files on Fox News 17 out
0: of Nashville. Also, we were really excited because we were able to eat lunch at the Dairy Dip where we enjoyed the famous charred grilled burger um, and some fried pickles, which were delicious. <laughs> it- Yeah, they were so so good. good. Um, It definitely really struck a chord with us that the girls may have been doing the same thing 40 years ago, with really no knowledge of the fate that they would be up against that coming September.
1: The most impactful portion of our journey was when we retraced the steps of the girls on the day they went missing. It was a sobering experience to see where the girls lived, the journey they took to the IGA the walk they took to the furnace store, and where the girls were last seen by an eyewitness talking to a man in a blue truck. But truly, the most emotional stop was at Land Between the Lakes, where the bodies were found. We saw the spot where law enforcement took their brother, Roger, into the woods to identify the bodies. We also stopped at the entrance to where the killer, or killers, were presumed to drive in and out of the area the day they murdered the girls. You may have noticed on the news segment that this particular entrance was closed shortly after the bodies were found and has not been reopened
0: since. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that really like was probably the most emotional and impactful for me was retracing these steps of the girl's. And really seeing where they walked that day and being able to put ourselves in their shoes. I mean, being on the side of the road and seeing where they would have been picked up um, or or talking to, sorry, the guy in the blue truck was just really, really um, emotional because we could feel like we understood what the girls were going through that day. Um, It definitely, definitely brought everything to life. And made both of us feel even more committed to making sure that we're able to do as much as we can to help solve this crime.
1: Yeah, it, everything seemed, you know, much more real, um, walking through it all. And, you know, Lady, for me, um, one of the most surreal parts for me is when we went into what used to be the Furnace, um, grocery store, we actually stopped into, um, use the restroom quickly and while I was standing there I just honestly I know this sounds a little cliche but I closed my eyes for a second just to think about the girls in there for a second and um, just picking out you know gum or soda what they were getting and it was just a smaller area than what I was thinking and it was I don't know I just thought about them being in there and uh, you know the cashier that saw them and I could just imagine it you know in a, vid- you know, in a movie or in a scene or you know how it must have been that day, you know, of that cashier seeing them and then watching them walk out that day, everything just seemed to come to life for me. And it just seemed, it was very, you know, like you said, it was very emotional. Just trying to think about being maybe in the same spot they had stood, yeah. you know, almost 40 years ago. So it was very, you know, like you said surreal and you made it much more real for both of us.
0: Yeah, I know. And another interesting fact that we uncovered While we were going through kind of our our tour of all of the sites that the girls were were last seen, we ended up at Land Between the Lakes. And we realized that, or we found out that the family actually had a property right near the entrance to where the killer or killers would have driven off um, into the woods, which is now closed, um, as you may know. And the family had a house there, and it was bought by Land Between the Lakes um, years ago, and it was torn down. But they were obviously comfortable. That was home to them. They were comfortable and familiar with that area. They played in the woods. They swam in the streams. They were getting water from the natural spring right there where Joe Stout got water that fateful day. Um, It's just terrible to think that the same area that they called home would also be the initial grave for these two girls.
1: You know, Lainey, and watching their sister um, that come back to her and tell us
0: about that was oh, that was pretty emotional as well. Yes, no, definitely, it was really. We were very thankful for all of the people who helped to contribute information to our our journey back into that day and everything that happened throughout that that. Experience, and also being in Dover, um, it really it really gave us hope too. Because we understand that this is still an active investigation, and knowing that the authorities are very invested in bringing this case to closure really does bring us hope. Um, plus, all of our listeners that have contributed bits of information, thank you guys. I ju- we just want you to know that we really do thank you from the bottom of our heart because every piece of information really could help us to come a step closer to finding the guilty party.
1: We are still singularly focused on bringing the killer or killers to justice. We hope that they haven't It would not want to kill again. And if they have, that makes our efforts even more important and urgent as to not only bring peace to the family and community, but potentially
0: save lives as well. So we were also very fortunate to be able to record each and every stop that we made while we were in Dover, Tennessee, and reflect upon how that spot was important to the girls and the girls' journey. We will be posting those videos throughout the week on our Facebook page, so you can also feel like you were in Dover and you were at the locations like where the girls lived, at the Furnace Store, at the IGA at Land Between the Lakes, at their home behind the Dairy Dip. Um, these are all very important locations, and we are excited to share the video with you, although I will caveat that it was a windy day. Hey, <laughs> yeah. it's yes, cold it was. too. Because <laughs> the snow was on the ground. Um, but yes, we, um, we're excited to bring those to you as well. So check out our Facebook page um, in the coming weeks so that you can see those videos as well.
1: Hey there! Want to know what it's like to listen in while Lainey and I go through different questions that we may be asked? We'll listen in as we play reporter with each other as we drive from Nashville to Dover through a snow squall. Well, that's what we call it here in New Jersey anyway. We think you might think some of this is pretty funny, or maybe even a little bit crazy. So hang on and listen in as you probably will hear the windshield wipers going as we drive through this crazy snowstorm. Why Why revisit the this case? case now after so after, many years? After 40
0: years. After 40 years. Um, after delving into the details of the case, we realized that this is a very well-known case in the small town of 1,400 people. Um, after we after we started um, digging a bit, we were researching newspaper articles. We had talked to friends and family of the girls. We even talked to some of the people that were involved in the investigation during the time. We realized that there was a brutal crime here that had never been solved. Um, so we started a petition. We have over 800 signatures um, to date in order to have the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation hand over DNA evidence to be tested. Do you
1: want to say? say it, it and just kind of like kind of quirky, like it'd be like, that's more than half the population of the town yeah you know just kind of
0: say like, yeah hey, and you know, that's I mean, it, like we already have 800 signatures which is more than half the population of the town in order to petition the tbi to hand over dna evidence to be tested and this is this is the piece that i want to uh, make sure i say correctly um technology has allowed citizens take an active role in protecting their communities, in helping to protect our communities. Crowdsourcing information and helping to gain a groundswell of support has helped us to bring the details of this cold case to over 20,000 downloads across 20 countries in less than five months. All just right, say all that again because that's really right. That's very important. You know what this is like? This
1: is like, I mean, we can't really say this on it because we can't compare it really. This is like Crime Stoppers. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like comparing it to Crime Stoppers. Remember how important that was when it first came out. Yes, and it actually worked. Mm-hmm. And it worked, right? Um, I wish we had researched
0: that more. That's okay, what we'll come thinking. back. Is that we've learned a lot about the girls and about who they were as people and how they were just young normal teenage girls who like listening to music and hanging out with their friends, they help take care of their siblings, they had responsibilities and they were just dreaming about their futures at this age. Um, We've also learned that, that the community and that people inherently want to help find justice for these girls. We've had so many people reach out to us to give us their support, to give us information, and at the end of the day Really using the power of the people to help bring justice for these girls is something that is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. I like power of the people. I can't believe we're in the car on the way to the visitor oh, recording. i was saying all kinds of things. This is this is uh, hilarious. Uh, okay, are you ready? What inspired
1: this podcast, Amelia? Last year, Lainey and I discovered our. Passion for true crime and cold cases, genetic technology, and really just the core moral balance of our justice system. The importance of the finding. The importance of finding the core moral balance of our justice. The core moral balance yeah. of our justice system. The importance of finding. I
0: loved your ad there, though, because I think that
1: that's the importance of finding and the importance of finding. Okay. Last year, Lainey and I discovered. That's like my favorite line in the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> Last year,
0: no pressure.
1: Last year, Laney and I discovered our passion for true crime, cold cases, genetic technology, and finding. No wait. And finding, right? Yeah. And finding the importance, the of, importance of finding. The important and the impo- Yes. The importance of finding the core moral balance of our justice system. Okay. Last year, Lainey and I discovered our passion for true crime, cold cases, genetic technology, and the importance of finding the core moral balance of our justice system. Is that right?
0: Yep. Okay. okay. I'm done. And now. that's when we came across <laughs> it. Done. Drop, Mike. Um, yeah. So, what have you learned since starting the podcast? Well, what we've learned is a lot about the girls, um, they were normal. Fun-loving teenage girls. They enjoyed listening to music, hanging out with their friends. They took care of their siblings. They were dreaming about their futures. They, um, what we have also learned is that people inherently want to help. The community has really been living with this for years and the question of who's done this and would they do it again? And people really do care. They care about the girls. They care about the community, and they want to see justice for the girls and have the killer or killers be brought to justice. That's no, right. I so say let's, ask, so many let's
1: times. ask you the um, question that the, we're hoping not to get asked. Oh, well, okay. let's ask this one. How about do you have any suspects in mind?
0: Um. Uh, honestly, we have heard many different theories and lots of information that has come through from people who knew the us? girls, yeah. who knew what was going on at the time. At this point, we are really, really pushing, and that's why we started the petition to test the DNA evidence because that's going to be the most conclusive way to really identify. Who's responsible for Perfect. this crime.
1: You, yeah, we could say, like, we, you know, we've had lots of evidence presented. I mean, lots of information presented to us. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's been conclusive. Mm-hmm. Now with the podcast. Well, right now, our focus is 100%. We're 100% focused on finding. Uh, what are we, there was another word we used? Right now, our, we're 100% focused on seeing Finding justice for Carla and Vicky's case. We're 100 percent focused on finding justice for Carla and Vicky's case. no, uh, we you said something, like we thought about that. Like we we've thought through different ideas for you know for what we've thought through what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, we've thought through what's next, but for right now our focus is hundred percent on
0: what's next for Carla and Vicky. Yeah. And we will share more details. Yeah. You know, and more details to come. And more details to come. Yeah, type thing. Okay. Okay. Cool. I don't know if he'll ask that. I guess we'll see. This is so funny. I mean, honestly, I'm really glad that we did this media training, because I think we would have no idea. I
1: know. What I think he's going to do, though, I think he's going to, after watching his Farrier Files Uh thing, I think he's going to want to know more about the case. Yeah. You know? He looks like he's an investigative journalist, you know? Like, he does more about, you know, cold cases and cases and he's gonna want to do more on the case which is fine which i think
0: if he does we honestly have to continue to toe the line of you know we can share details about the murders like the girls were both shot in the head Mm -hmm. um do we need gas? you got to pump
2: your own gas mm-hmm. here. This is not how I typically come, so I don't know if there's a Starbucks nearby. They'll have coffee, or we can search for a Starbucks.
1: All right. Are you getting gas? We don't pump gas. Uh-huh. Are you getting gas? We don't pump gas. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm looking for a Starbucks or not. So you don't pump gas? Do
1: Jersey, you're not allowed you're to. You're not here.
2: allowed to. Really? Yeah. That's an extra 50 cents a gallon. So you want coffee here? <laughs> you can search later. I-,
1: I would rather search later. I'm okay. Uh-huh. I'll
2: search later. All right. Let me- I-
0: like, they
1: need Starbucks, and they don't pump gas. Like
2: these
0: are What are they doing trying to solve a murder? Um, okay, so it's that way. Okay. Go out the way we came in. Or go to this light and take a <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm here to take a left? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Wait, 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 wait. Stay in this lane right here. Right here? Yeah. Um, no, 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 wait crap. Okay, left. yeah, take a left. There we go. That's perfect. I'm getting the sense that there might not be a Starbucks in Dover. <laughs> right? No, there's not a Starbucks in Dover. <laughs> You are correct. And there's... T-
2: It's a criminal case that has been cold for so long, many fear if it's just not solved soon, it will never be solved.
0: Two Tennessee girls were executed at Land Between the Lakes in Dover. Here's Fox 17 News' Dennis Ferrier with an important update on this almost 40 year
2: old murder. This case has been injected with new life, not by law enforcement, but by two moms and their podcast, Murder at Land Between the Lakes. Amelia Courtney and Lainey Sullivan are celebrities in Stewart County, even though this is the first time they've ever stepped foot here. Yeah,
0: see where the intersection sign is?
2: That's it. They have been deeply rooted in Dover for months now.
0: It was a very well-known case, and still to not have any answers for something so brutal and violent was was really upsetting for us. We wanted to make sure we were able to do something to really help the family and the community to find answers to what happened on that dreadful day. Why would anyone want to kill these two girls?
2: The podcast has 20,000 downloads, and locals have come out of the woodwork to talk about what they know about the case.
0: My brother was dating Vicky at the time.
2: The two moms both grew up in Tennessee, but they now live in New Jersey. It's from that far-flung place that they have focused on this county's darkest day. September 1980, 16-year-old Vicki Stout and 14-year-old Carla Atkins are last seen walking home from a convenience store on Highway 79, the main drag in Dover. Two witnesses say they stopped to talk to a man in a blue truck. They are never seen alive again. Many days later, they are both found side by side, both shot in the head, at land between the lakes. The Park Service actually closed the road where they believe the killer entered federal property. This bridge has remained closed for 40 years. It never reopened. In a lot of ways, it mirrors the case. It suffered from neglect and time, just time, too much time now a big enemy of this case.
1: How much longer are family members going to be alive and how much longer, you know, how much longer are people that know, that have answers and remember the things? How much longer are people going to be able to answer the questions that can still be answered?
2: The podcasters found a newspaper article written in a nearby county with a misleading headline. Buried in this article, authorities found the murder weapon, shells, and body parts buried near the murder site to think that was all kept from the family.
1: That's a explosive information that no one told the family. And it's like in the middle of that
2: article. How could someone get away with a double murder in a town of only 1,400 people where everyone knows everyone? A lot of mistakes were made in this case, Janice. Stewart County Mayor Robin Brandon believes the TBI and the Sheriff's Department did a terrible job on the case. What went wrong? Where's the evidence? That's the big question that I would ask, is where's the evidence in this case? Let's, uh, if there is any available still Uh, let's get dna checks done on it Uh, that's available now the technology is is better now than ever before district attorney ray crouch reopened the case in 2015 after he took office composite sketches were released with age progressions he says new leads have been developed and old suspects have been excluded and every theory has been considered even those based on rumor and gossip he says there have been many new dna tests using unique and specialized technology it's just been so hard to recover from mistakes made at the very beginning. Like right there. Could two moms with a heart for two teenagers be the difference after all this time? It's been ongoing for for decades now, and it's been a sore that's been festering on this county for a long time. And, and we're thankful for Amelia and Laney and the work that they're doing. And uh, we, we pray that you know there'll be an answer in this case. The podcast has started an online petition. You can find that on our website, along with this story. I'm Dennis Ferrier, Fox 17 News.
1: A special thank you to Dennis Ferrier for helping draw attention to cold cases such as Carla and Vicky's, and for bringing attention to our petition to have DNA tested. This call to action brought our signatures to nearly 1,200. We would also like to thank Betsy and everyone at the Visitor Center for making our visit with Mayor Robin Brandon and filming with Dennis that much more enjoyable. Thank you to the Mayor, family members, Michelle and other residents of the town, such as Greg and Deborah. We are so happy to be a part of this journey with you all. anyone with any information, please call 1-800-TBI-FIND. That's 1-800-TBI-FIND. You never know how important your information could be.